You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Half hour. Hello and welcome to Half Hour, an entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie Gross, Artistic Director. And I'm Jeff Malone, Executive Director. It's Friday, August 6th, and we are here to give you that weekly recap scoop on all the theater and music industry news and events and releases of the past week. Lots of stuff to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Lots of awesome things coming out, and we're halfway through the summer here, rolling through with lots of fun stuff. So we're going to dive right in to the pop world. Jeff's going to kick us off today. Where do we got? Mm, we're going with one of Richie's favorites mm. first. Miss um, <laughs> Billie Eilish uh, released a new album last week titled Happier Than Ever. And um, so far, I'm really enjoying it, the whole album. I think there are some standout tracks on the album for me, which um, are Billie Bastanova, Oxytocin, and Happier Than Ever. Ever and happier than ever is the track that I want to single out right now because I find that that track is the moment on the album. I'm listening to this track and I'm I'm loving the production on the track and I also am loving the music video that accompanies the track. So I'm finding there's a lot of growth in Billy as an artist. And what I find with this track is it's written really well. It's written by her and her brother and. The video that accompanies it features Billy in this moment where she's singing about a friend, a toxic friend almost. And I find the whole song just to be about these toxic relationships that we might have in our lives. And we see her in a room and she's talking on the phone and you are watching her kind of be like, do you do this for me? I do this for you. Do you do this for me? I do this for you. And she's not getting anything from the track, uh, from the front. And we're watching this water start coming in. It's so like theater at times. Like I'm watching this. I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? And we get to this door and all of a sudden the water just like caves in on Billy. And it's like, These are the moments where you may have a toxic friend that everything just keeps coming down on you and you're drowning in this relationship with this friend. And eventually you swim to the top um, and Billy does that. She swims through all of the drama, gets to the house and just screams at the top of her lungs about this person. Mm. And she's like, I'm so much better without you. Mm. And I was like, wow. That was the moment in this song. That's the moment in this album. That's the moment where I see, like, her writing skills are pretty good at times. I I just found the track to be really cool. And I'm like, what? For someone that maybe doesn't love 
Billy that much. What, how do you feel about a song like this and like, and a music video as well, because she also directed the video, just so you know. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. I think, well, backtracking a little bit, when Jeff started the podcast and said, your favorite Billie Eilish, I don't know if I've ever <laughs> clarified to our singer, or singers, to our viewers, my uh, opinion on this singer. That was my sarcasm. And that was the sarcasm. Here's my, here's my, I'll give you my quick, quick, quick spiel on Billie Eilish as a whole, and then I'll talk about this track. Yes. I think that she's a good writer. I think she deserves the awards that she's received for being a writer. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand the singing. I don't really get it. It's really breathy. I love breathy singers, but this is like, I don't even know. I think sometimes we're even whispering at times. The, and I, it's coming from someone who works with students a lot and teaches voice and, and works with singers on stages all the time in my career and having to work on diction and tone and breathing and form of a song and for all that to go out the window – all the time doesn't make any sense to me. I understand if some songs want to be breathy and moody and edgy. I get it. But to make every song always sound like that, I, it, you know what? I respect kind of, it. I just don't really get it. And I respect her as a writer. And and it's yes, okay. But, kind of, but isn't it kind of her shtick now? Like, this is what you know you're going to get when you're listening to a Billie Eilish album. I mean, and I'm pretty sure I heard some pretty breathy Celine Dion, and then I also heard some pretty belty Celine Dion. I'm pretty sure I've heard some really moody, breathy Whitney Houston, and then I heard some really good, powerful Whitney Houston. So I think we I've heard really breathy Kelly Clarkson, and I've heard really belty Kelly Clarkson. It's hard this, for me to sit and see all these singers <laughs> doing know. a little bit of everything, and then every song. Listen, she has a great... Um, um, persona in this happily ever after i think the song what you're talking about the moment i think the song is strong i love the words of the song the meaning of a friendship or a lover or someone not working in your life and and i mean if you're telling me she's directing that like that's amazing too like i wonder if maybe a lot of her strengths lie in the behind the scenes work on music and music production and maybe leaving some of that singing to other people I don't know it's hard know, for but me at it's the same hard for time, me like this is pop music this is entertainment this yeah, is supposed I, to be something it. that someone relates to and I think the angsty side of this is like okay we have we have this passionate writing happening and you watch this storyline happening through this. This mm. song is really telling a story. Mm-hmm. And I do find, like, yes, it was breathy in the beginning. It was moody in the beginning. But then when she went there. She does. She, she does then go went there. there. Yeah. And it's that angst kind of yes. rock. It yeah. was a, she, that, she That's does. the Billy Belt there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a pretty belt, mm-hmm. but it's a rock pop sounding belt. Yeah. You know, you get it with certain singers sometimes. Like, you do get that with Kelly Clarkson sometimes, right. and you get that with Pink sometimes. Yes, they also sing really well, but this this is just, I think, entertainment. And a lot of people relate to it. You know, I get it, especially since a lot of young people today like that edgy, moody vibe, and it's yeah. a vibe thing, and I get it. I Listen, it's not that I don't get it. I get it, and I respect it. And then sometimes I can't stand when it's like, do you love or hate or love? I don't love or hate. I, I think those are really strong words that are polarizing. I enjoy her as a performer. I just have some critique, and that's kind of, of where I'm at. But I actually think the album is nice. I think the uh, that song that you're talking about is really great. Um, yes. And yeah, really strong stuff it'll be it'll be cool to see how she grows as an artist she's won a lot of awards already she's very well well known very popular amongst um mainly younger people and i think her brother kind of hides in the shadows behind her because a lot of people forget and you only really see him when he's accepting an award with her right so it's like remember him too and he's credited in a lot of it and it's cool keep it in the family and have fun and yeah i think it's great you know yeah 
it's interesting. Yeah, but. but good stuff, good stuff. Not to rain on the Billie Eilish parade. I know you <laughs> loved the song. I loved the song too. There was, I think, the lyric. I always a song can be great, but when the lyric is as powerful as it is, and that's her strength, is that lyric. The lyrics yeah. are really great. They're really so real. There's just something about this song that really I think spoke to me in a lot of yeah, for sure know, relationship ways. So yeah. happily ever after. I'm sorry, not happily happier than ever. Yeah, from the album Happier Than Ever. Yes. You're thinking real Disney. I'm right thinking now Disney. With that, happily that ever Mickey after. Mouse on your show. I know. Happily ever after. I don't know. Happily, happier than ever. Do yes. different things. But yes, you can go listen. The whole album is out now for people the to listen to. Yeah. Out, yeah. Awesome. Go listen and let us Yay. know what you think. Keep it up, Billie Eilish. Great stuff. All righty. We're moving over to RuPaul's Drag Race Now All Stars 6, which we had another new episode last night on Thursday, August 5th, where we had the Snatch Game of Love episode. These are my favorite episodes of the whole season. Yeah. I love the personification. I love seeing people playing characters. I think yeah, that's a I lot always... of what drag is, is becoming someone else or finding someone that is strength. So the moment for me and finding moments being Miss Ginger Minge and, and just everything that Ginger Minge brought, we had, first of all, started off with this amazing Phyllis Diller impression, mm -hmm. which was spot on comedy, which made me laugh out loud multiple times. And you know what she was also doing really well was she was stealing the scene and I didn't feel like she was overpowering or annoying anyone, but she knew exactly when there was awkward pause. She knew exactly how to improvise her way through any moment, which is such a skill for a drag queen to get through improv moments. She made it her own. I was just channeled into it. And well, I, I think she owned that Phyllis Diller impersonation. And she got really lucky too, because she was able to steal information of everything she knows about Whitney Houston, mm. because that's who Trinity played. And she was able to steal in or banter back and forth with Sonique because she was Dolly Parton. Mm. So Ginger was so well-versed in knowing all three characters so well that she was able to have those moments. Yep. And she was setting those moments up only for those girls as well. To she wasn't trying to rain on the right. parade. She was, she was setting it, it up work. and be like, hey, you guys can all shine too. We could be a winning team here together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's kind of where Sonique got lucky because her Dolly... They raved. Yeah. So and that was really, really great. They too. really, really, those two definitely stood they out. They really st and, stole and the show because it was like, they kind of went back and forth. And unfortunately, Trinity didn't really get to get in that banter. Mm -hmm. She kind of got a little bit lost in the Whitney Houston, but also because Ginger was so funny, she kept yeah. laughing at yeah. it. And then in the second round, we definitely, um, Pandora was struggling a little bit in some of the comedy with that character, and then she did wind up ultimately going home at the end. But even when you going back to Ginger, when we, we saw this the, the pop art look, which is so cool, it was this like vibrant Andy Warhol esque kind of um, yeah. a challenge, a, a, um, a runway look, I should say. And Ginger killed that too. She found that plasticky kind of artistic vibe mm -hmm. with it, and then to lip sync like that, and then to send Pandora home, it was a it was a true arcing a show for her. I mean, if I, I mean, we're down to five now. Down to I think five. we're going to have a great top four here soon. It's hard for me to tell who's going to, I mean, some of the, we're close now. We only have one more person to go. And then we keep hearing about this game within the game, which I, part yeah, of me doesn't even know, know if I should believe it anymore. Like, <laughs> is this just a, we still, I think it usually happens around now anyway. So yeah, probably next really week late. we're going to figure out what the game within the game is. They all uh, keep getting stopped. Annoying. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I, it, 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 the only thing I will say is it's not annoying if they're building it up and it's going to be this like wild, new idea and maybe we're gonna have you know usually this goes eight nine ten eleven episodes something like that we're at eight or nine now mm -hmm. and it's like 
are we going to have 12? Are we going to end after the next two? Like we're close to the end of the summer here. So I'm wondering if this is trying to wrap around Labor Day. So I'm thinking to myself, unless it's going to be this wild thing, if it's going to be like, oh, they try to get one queen to come back. Well, we do that every other season. So we've seen that before. If there's another game going on that we don't know about and that's going to be aired, this could potentially be a very long season. Right. We don't know about because everyone has their own theory. But there was the preview for next week where I think we don't even see anything about the game. It's all about. It's going to be a here. surprise. So it must be we get down to the top fours or someone goes home next week and then we're like, ah, cliffhangery at the end. Yeah. Maybe we'll have a whole episode about something and then we'll go to finale, I guess. I'm not really sure. We'll see. Um, this show is always trying to reinvent itself a little bit. We've been seeing this show now for a long time. 13 seasons of the regular show, six seasons of All-Stars plus countless international seasons. So I think it's really cool. But yes, Ginger Minge, way to go. You're rocking it. You're killing mm-hmm. it. I think this is a great season for you. I really hope that you shine through. I mean, if I had to make a guess, I could really see her kind of winning the whole thing, if you want me to be honest. I think she's I, pretty close to that. It seems like they're positioning her to win. I, I would say definitely Hive right now for top four contenders are uh, Raja, Trinity, Ginger, Sonique. It leaves Eureka there. Eureka's tough. I mean, it's tough. And and she's great, too. But we keep teetering on this topic because Eureka's been safe the whole time. Yeah. And she was standing out in the beginning, and now she's kind of falling in the background. And with Pandora mm-hmm. gone, she's the one that has no wins mm-hmm. in any yeah. challenges. Yeah, it's going to have to be really um, tough She's for her. had high moments. She's had low moments. But yeah. it's it's interesting to see. And unfortunately, her snatch game, too, it was like... It was okay. It, it was okay. But she... Horrible, but... Those three didn't really know how to have a cohesive moment together. Mm-hmm. You know, you had... Eureka playing Divine, which is great, yeah. but sometimes where Ginger was able to win with Phyllis, Eureka was only able to win for herself for Divine. I think I think regardless of, and one more thing I'll say about this, regardless of your, who you're playing in Snatch Game, my two cents on Snatch Game is you can be playing an old Hollywood or Broadway royalty, which works. You can be playing a TV personality, which works. You can be playing anyone. It doesn't even matter who you're playing. What I think it really comes down to is... If you are going on the show, you have to know that that is a challenge every week. And you need to sit on YouTube and you need to watch old Hollywood television game shows from the right. 70s. This is what RuPaul loves. It's clearly based on those old cheesy 70s and 80s TV, mainly 70s TV shows where there was the love match. There was the 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 get trivia and all these yeah. things and you would see Betty White and you would see Carol Burnett and you would see these old people and you got to watch how the one off co- they would it was so comfortable for them to be themselves and not reading a script and just working with each other and that's it's not just about you how are you re- interacting with the person to your left the person right. to your right the host right. the person that is um the 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 answering the questions, you know, the, the, the love contestant. interest, yeah, the contestant. So you have to kind of work on that. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It's how well do you banter and be that personality, not just when you're asked a question right, or to show you, a cue card or something. But you need to know how to be funny mm-hmm. in that character at any given moment mm-hmm. with other characters, of course, with the host. That's number one, because RuPaul's going to throw you that ball. Yeah. And if you don't know how to throw yeah. it back, yeah. then you're only catching it yeah. and you get lost in your head. Mm-hmm. And you watch some of these people crash and burn yeah. There's when always, they get lost in their they head. Get really I'm sorry, but you're it. playing Whitney Houston and he's throwing title tracks of hers to you. And she couldn't th- volley it back. And couldn't yeah. volley. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. Play into it and enjoy yeah. it. And like I said, it, and it works for everyone. Every season there's like a stand down and sometimes it's that old Hollywood glam. 
remember this week it was the Phyllis Diller. It was that old, off-the-cuff kind of like comedy, one of the original women of comedy from a long time ago. So anyway, cool episode. <laughs> Thank you, Ginger. Really, really great stuff. It's totally. always nice talking about that show. Yes. And we have fun watching that every week. Um, moving back over to Popland, we've been, as a lot of you have been following, we've been watching this new Netflix documentary series titled This Is Pop. Yes. And we got up to the new episode, Brit Pop, and all about... Hail Brit Pop. Hail Brit Pop. Hail Brit Pop. And <laughs> I will say, before you kind of describe a little bit about it and go into it, I will say I had a very different thought going into it. I thought we were going to be talking about British pop people over the years, like just people from the UK who are pop people. And it really wasn't that. It was specifically no, no, about no, at all. bands of the 90s being called... Britpop specifically. So kind of, you know, let us know a little bit more about that. Yeah, that that. was also interesting for me because I was like, when I thought Britpop, I immediately thought, hey, we're getting an episode on the Spice Girls. Yeah, that's right. And we didn't even get one mention of them the whole episode. I was like, whoa, this is not the kind of pop I thought we were going Mm -hmm. for. But this was interesting. So people, for me and you, we've learned what Britpop is. And if you don't know what Britpop is, it was a movement of British rock bands in the 1990s that drew... On the tradition of melodic, guitar-based British pop music established by the Beatles. Like nearly all musical youth trends, Britpop was about songs, guitars, jackets, and attitudes. Though it was not necessarily in that order. I think that kind of sums it up really well. In the 90s, grunge music really took over in America. And that kind of defied the the charts around the world. Mm -hmm. But what a... um, what a band like Blur did was they said, no, we're going to bring Britpop back because we want it to be fun and bubbly and be like the Beatles. So that was cool. And guess what? All that kind of grungy sound, which wasn't really aligning with the British sound, they all were like, okay, we're going to lose that side of us and we're all going to be Britpop now. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And you had two bands, Blur and Oasis, that really kind of dominated that scene and sound. And... It was interesting in this documentary because they talk about Blur and then Oasis comes around and you have the North and the South that are kind of going head in head with each other. And you have like the working class people and then you have like the ritzy people. And it was like, oh, whose band is whose? And Blur became London's band and Oasis became what was it? Manchester, I believe Mm -hmm. the band of that scene. And they were kind of pinned up against each other. And it was like, Hey, you two, you know, Blur's going to own the sound, but Oasis comes in and they're the guys that this is real and this is authentic and this is the music you need to be Mm -hmm. listening to. And they were pinned by the labels and it became a phenomenon during that time. Mm -hmm. And they were releasing albums at the same time. And it was all about who was going to sell more records. Mm -hmm. And, Blur ended up winning in the end against them. Um, they the, the two albums that they released, Blur's was called Country House and Oasis was called Definitely Maybe. And it was just like, who's going to sell more albums? And Blur was like, we're going to sell more albums. And they did, and they won. Mm-hmm. And then later in the 90s, probably around 1998, both of them had great success with their Britpop moments in America because mm-hmm. they kind of went back to that grunge sound, um, which was interesting because Britpop was dying out. You know, what was happening in the late 90s? The Spice Girls and boy bands and bubblegum pop stars. So they ended those 90s with two songs that were huge. Blur had song two, which you can hear in every car commercial possible. Mm-hmm. And Oasis had Wonderwall, which still is getting blasted at every sports game, every frat party, every bar that you go to. For sure. And it's like, wow, this was cool. And I, I definitely learned a lot about 
what Britpop is, and it's stuff that's interesting. I think the Blur Oasis thing was, we learned a lot about it. It was a cool thing. I didn't know the whole episode was going to be about that, but it was cool to learn that. I mean, if I had to choose, if I was, you know, in the UK at the time, choosing a side as it seemed like it was, I kind of liked the Blur a little bit more. I liked that. It's fun and bubbly. Yeah, I kind of, but they both were great, and, um, you know, really good stuff. And it's really great watching this documentary series and learning about all that. You know, we talk about country, we talk about pop, we talk, but but pop is a lot of things from a lot of different countries. And I think we only have a couple episodes left, and it's really great to see a lot of these famous people coming on this documentary for, for Netflix Definitely. for kind of bringing some of this history because pop music used, I mean, pop music been around since whatever's popular at the time. Right. So when are we, we, we're learning extensively about the 90s and early 2000s in a lot of these documentaries, and it's like, cool because I feel like every time we talk about music history it's the 60s, 70s, 80s, right. the 60s, 70s, 80s, the 60s, 70s, 80s. So it's like what about the 90s and early 2000s? We're already in 2021. Well, we have 21 years of the 2000s of music, you know? So we have a lot of history. I don't know if we're going to really get into the you know, our time period. No, I think the nineties and into the early two thousands is kind of where it ends. And that's right. fine. But what I like what this series does, and I hope they come out with a second season, but this really goes into like when the fandoms began. Yeah. So yeah. like, what does a fan and the fandom really do? And I liked, you know, they talk about the Beatles and the stones a little bit, yeah. um, which about, had fans. And that was an origination of fans. I get that. Yeah, I know? think like the Beatles may have been, well, Elvis and like yeah. some of those pop stars really had fandom, but, the Stones and the Beatles were pinned up against each other as well. Mm-hmm. And then the same here with Oasis and Blur. And we've seen that now many times in pop. You know, when you put Britney Spears up against Christina Aguilera or NSYNC up against Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. And the list goes on and on. Right. Like, these fandoms are put up against each other. Right. And it's like, who comes out on top? And how do you come out on mm-hmm. top? Is it the longevity in your career? Because I think that's really what comes out on top. Or is it selling more records? Right. Right. You know, and a lot of these bands either have disbanded or these pop singers are like, they're in their 40s now or early, uh, late 30s. And like, they're not singing the same music that they used to. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Really? I like hearing the stories from the other side, especially years and years later when they can reflect back on it and they're not Mm -hmm. living in it at that time. So cool stuff. We have a couple more episodes of that to bring you recaps on and thoughts and scoop on. So we'll be uh, bringing that in the next few weeks here. All right. <laughs> and moving on to Schmigadoon land. We got episode five today. Um, we have one episode left next week. So this is like our final thoughts recap here on like, what do we think of this? And well, what do we think of how it's going to end? Because next time we talk about this, we'll be talking about the end. And, and then the, the show as, as a whole. whole. And the series Ooh. as a whole. Does the series get a second season? Does it leave off on a cliffhanger like that? Is this right. just a one and done? Um, the moment i think being this episode and just the vibe of the whole episode being miss jane krakowski the the amazingly gorgeous and talented actress that she is we've seen her in broadway shows we've laughed out loud watching her performances (laughs) we've seen her in in television shows um she's really really talented and i kept wondering when she was coming in i think this character is great i love cicely strong trying to figure out oh you're that like evil woman from sound of music and she's like what and and i think that's so funny that they kind of tie a lot of that in her and the doctor and her and that that car ride episode when she's trying <laughs> i think that's so funny too another musical theater moment is like driving a car on stage but them doing all these things and then like right, how is this car still moving stationed. like it's typical so. musical theater gold mm-hmm. comedy gold she's like in the back no matter what age jane krakowski is she is still lifting her leg over her head <laughs> and killing it and everything she does she comes in and belts this number and she's just fabulous so yeah. i think she stole the whole episode for me it's 
it's very interesting. Two other things I'll say. The Melissa Josh dynamic, finding the hearts at the end is very interesting to me because she had the heart the whole time, but he's finding her heart in the middle of the woods. And probably she's probably like, wow, I had it the whole time. And he's probably like, how did this get here? You had yeah. mine. So did you throw it here or drop it here? Yeah. So there's that whole thing. But also what Josh is going through with the school teacher yeah. and her son because oh, I'm ruining it. I hope you all saw <laughs> we are realizing that it is not her brother it is her son and why she told the town that and so that's another you know we're, we're like I said we incorporate all these musicals into this and it's interesting to see that however I have to say one more time we have the the legendary Miss Kristen Chenoweth and at every episode I keep saying when is her song coming when is right. her song coming and it's like we have this like iconic Broadway gold of Chris and Jennifer. They must be giving her a song. So they give her that Trouble in River City Music Man song, which I knew was coming. It was going to be some evil villain type song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a patter song. It's a wordy song. I'm usually used to seeing hearing Kristen Chenoweth with belt the high notes, which she does at the end. Of right. course, they give her that moment. Um, she's running for mayor against Alan Cummings' character. Um, I lost a lot of the words. I lost a lot of what she was saying. It was so fast. And I was like, I get it. That's the point of the song. But when I listened to Robert Preston or anyone soon, no, Hugh Jackman on Broadway, do it. I feel like I get every word. Um, That was one. So I don't understand why I was losing. So I get it. Like it's this, there's trouble in so many. And I think the comedy point of it was like, let me just list everything that could go wrong in a conservative town. Cause that's kind of what she's just saying. But I thought it was a little all over the place. And I was like, that's why to me, I feel like Jane Krakowski kind of stole the episode because Kristen Chenoweth's moment here was like, and I love her and I love everything she does. I was just like, mm, not really sure if this was the right song for you. And I've loved all the songs. Yeah, in the show. Mean, so what did you think? You and of? I have, Kristen Chenoweth conversations we all do. the time because I kind of find Kristen Chenoweth to fall in the one trick pony category. It's like opera yeah. or operetta. Yeah. I mean, she does that so well in Glinda and, and, but it's not only anything she's done. She does a lot. She does TV roles. She I know, does she does, I know she does a lot, but sometimes I just find her to be the same in everything. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe and she does it well. Maybe Charlie Brown. It was a little yeah, different. Well, that was her Tony win, you know, but I find like a song like that. You were thinking too much about the Music Man song. Yeah, and it was very similar to it. So what song is on? The Trouble right here in River City. Yeah. Trouble, trouble. Trouble. You got Trouble. Trouble. Right. So because you were thinking too much about that and because she was not hitting the words where they should have been in the pitter-patter scheme. Uh, she almost sounded like out of breath at times. Yes. And part of me is like if they're dubbing over the recording while they're filming it. You know, we meet, uh, that's one thing. But also, I know you're in this heavy gown and you're running around the set and on the stage, I can understand it. And she's wigged and makeup and I get it. But yeah. part of me, I get, I, un- listen, I understood the plot. I get what's going on. She didn't, she wanted to figure out how she could run for mayor. So she hyped up all this drama and then said, no, I can't run for mayor. Like, no, you have to run. Okay. And then, well, everything going on with Alan Cumming, coming out at the yeah. church service last time. It, there's a lot of loose ends here. We right. still have Aaron Tavit kind of came in again in the yeah, woods. We I had mean, Duff Cameron I, wasn't in this episode, but there's oh, a lot right. of Cameron. I forgot. Yeah, we yeah. didn't see I her. Mean, I guess my theory on this is, my final thoughts before the finale. Yeah, final thoughts. What are your thoughts before is, the finale? What do you think is going to happen? Josh is going to leave with the school, uh, Ariana DeBoe's character. And her son. And the son. As a family unit, they're going to yes, leave because the you know what? He never loved Melissa. So mm. I don't think he ever did. So okay. I think that he's going to leave with her. And Melissa is going to realize that she loves this town. 
and she doesn't need she doesn't need love in her life because she just needs to love herself and be in this town. Okay. And because she loves musicals and she because she loves this, she finds a place here, and that's her place. So mm-hmm. and is Fred Armiston and Alan Cumming leaving the town together? Maybe because maybe, maybe he but will... I don't think it's about that. I yeah. think this is more about Melissa and Josh. So yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll see. And then I think Melissa is going to run for mayor against Kristen Chenoweth. Okay, character. and we only have one episode left so we have a lot to recap here yes. and wrap up unless they're going to leave it on some major cliffhanger and get us into a season two eh, which maybe I'm, maybe but maybe not i also secretly i'm just going to put this out into the universe if you have six 30 minute episodes that's roughly three ish hours so like could we trim this down to a two and a half hour show and make this a stage musical please he could the whole it. thing i want it he i want to i want to direct it <laughs> i want to do this show i think it works as a stage show get some of these cast members on broadway to do it in a in a production maybe next summer or something off so broadway. just what's that off broadway off broadway. okay maybe off Broadway. yeah it actually would kind of work in a smaller small yeah. town smaller venue but there are some big production numbers so anyway i love it i love it um one more episode to go schmigadoons make sure you check that out it is on apple tv plus um and there's we got one more to go yeah all right we are wrapping up here with a couple last minute um yeah. updates for you all on some new music coming out what do we got i want to do a little roundup on the pop music i shared with you all mm-hmm. earlier in the mm-hmm. week on our instagram account and i just want to showcase it a little bit and make this a thing yeah so cynthia revo released a new single called alive she wrote this track and it's coming on her upcoming album that's coming out september 17th Mm. i'm really excited about this because she's doing something that i think many broadway artists need to be doing and it's releasing music in the pop world this is not a broadway album this is original music and it's real it's pop it's good and i like it so check out that track okay another track by Jordy. It's called Till It Hurts. It's this fun mm. boy pop, I like to yep. call it, <laughs> bop music. And um, I just am feeling it. It's a cool. summer vibe song. Cool. Which is really well. Check that one out. Bleachers released a new album. Um, my standout track on that is called Stop Making This Hurt. Um, if you don't know Bleachers, that features Jack Antonoff on there, who is one of my favorite writers, producers, mm. who produces Miss Taylor Swift's mm-hmm, music mm-hmm. recently. And lastly, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett released I Get a Kick Out of You from their upcoming album, which will probably be Tony Bennett's last They are album. saying that it will be his last album. Well, it's going to be their last collaboration. It yes. will also be his last album, um, Love for Sale. It's coming out October 1st. They have already released the track, I Get a Kick Out of You. The whole album will be covers of jazz standards by Cole Porter, yeah. um, which is really, really great. And they did announce a few years ago that um, Tony Bennett has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. So he, um, we're thinking and praying for him and his family because he um, is – doing this wonderful album with Lady Gaga. What a wonderful thing for her and for him. They did two shows at Radio City this week. I heard wonderful things about it. I would have loved to have gone and see that like once in a lifetime moment. That's going to be like our biggest regret. I We're know. Getting not getting over there to see that. people are raving yeah. about Gaga's performance and Tony Bennett's performance. Yeah. Like the guy. Yeah. And he's, he's an OG. So I think like, he just celebrated his 95th birthday. Wow. So God bless him. God bless his family. Um, but yes, our, um, love for sale October 1st the full album will be out and we can't we, we'll talk about that as we get into the fall yeah. we'd love to we'll talk review, about that we'll give our feedback we'll give it a listen album, it'll be great yeah. so. I'm loving in the new pop music coming out so. yes 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 okay yeah right oh. oh there we are it's time there's the ding dong ding so thank you all for listening today it's our places call here at half hour um, we hope you enjoyed our podcast episode today please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or wherever you listen to your podcasts and leave us a review if you love what you're hearing here 
We'd love for you to join in our conversation and engage with us. Yes. Head over to our new Instagram account. It's at Half Hour Podcast, which is through our Two Worlds Entertainment Company, which is another Instagram account at Two Worlds End. But go to our new podcast Instagram account at Half Hour Podcast to get all the latest updates on everything we're doing. Um, we'd love for you to go there, check out our posts, follow us, comment, join in in the conversation. We're always talking about the latest in theater and pop. The two worlds, that's what we're all about. Yeah. So we love that. Um, we'd love to hear from you. So until next time, we got lots to talk about next time, too, as you could hear from today. So we hope you had a great time listening to us today. And until next time, I'm Richie. And I'm Jess. Signing off for now. Ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.